Welcome back to Watchmen Minute, where we're examining the director's cut of Zack Snyder's Watchmen, one bare ass at a time. <laughs> My name is Travis Bow from the Real Comic Heroes podcast. Hi, I'm Eric Nash. And I'm Ian Levenstein from the Comic Tommy podcast. Welcome back, Ian. Good to be back. Good to have you. Well, shucks. <laughs> Minute 117 starts with Dan waking from a dream and ends with Lori urging Dan to take Archie out. And Dan is still naked. Still naked. <laughs> Something I noticed uh, watching the, the tail end of their skeletons kind of getting, you know, continuing to get uh, blasted by this nuclear wave um i feel like in the sound editing there was almost a john osterman scream kind of blended with the like i said the mm -hmm. ethereal vocals um that are kind of part of the music here um because when you know when john gets blasted in his you know experiment accident he kind of lets out a scream as he's you know being vaporized and it almost sounds kind of a similar thing here so i i don't know if they, maybe they used a little bit of that audio in like layering for the just for the sound editing sound design and i don't know it may not be there at all it may just i don't know well, at least it, so, at least, uh, it, at least uh, it wasn't wilhelm yeah yeah <laughs> How much does does Dan know about Doctor Manhattan's becoming in the Bean? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, because then I also had to think like, well, yeah, Dan wouldn't be, you know, maybe wouldn't be as intimately aware of the details, you know. So, yeah, I wondered that. Mm -hmm. I find it interesting though that that until the end of the dream, um, the skeletons remain like they don't get vaporized. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like the skeletons remaining behind is because, you know, they're left behind from a, a the, the old, uh, the old ways or, you know, they're two ex heroes that are still around or, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's something there or I don't know. The skeletons in a closet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I quite frankly think it may have stuck around just because they thought it was a really cool image. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wouldn't put it past them for that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we have Dan waking from this dream. Uh, it seems as though he wakes up in bed um, because the the couch that they were on together before was was leather was very noisy you know and when he wakes up here it's seems like he's laying on maybe like a pair of some striped sheets and has a pillow and we don't have that noise as he moves around so they must have at some point you know moved from the couch to the bed um it's a little bit different than the from the book because they you know in, in the book they kind of remain on the couch and fall asleep together. And, and then at some point it's when he gets up. Um, so not a big deal. <laughs> Staging basically. Yeah. One, one thing uh, that I, that I appreciate, um, I mean, tying this into the dream is that 
you know, the very first shot of, of Lori, you know, walking out and, you know, there's, there's butt naked Dan standing directly in front of his night owl suit. Um, you're yet again, getting that image of, you know, naked Dan and, and the night owl costume. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's very much a continuation of that dream only now in real life. Oh yeah. Like he was compelled to come down here and, and get face to face with the, with the suit. Yeah. The alter ego. That, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, the cam the camera movement though, from the, uh, bed, if that's what we're going with, I guess, um, the camera movement kind of, uh, it's, it's not like he's it's like they could have done the, the crazy thing where they showed the his head, you know, facing up normally with the camera on its side in, in a sense, essentially, and rotated it. But no, the camera's the camera is uh, look, looking at uh, Dan laying across the bed, you know, oh, across, yeah, the, yeah. across the screen. But it does uh, it does it does shift nicely up and and kind of pan and even rotates around a little bit. At the last second, mm-hmm. to get more, to get more in front of him. You could even say as well his his rising from the bed is, in some ways, his you know rising from the grave, mm-hmm. considering the fact that he just had the mm-hmm. dream of uh, of being incinerated and and now he's 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 awoken, uh, you know, yet again, and you know has to has to deal with the demons and whatnot. But I'd be good. I could. I could also be over analyzing that. <laughs> Not on a minute by minute show. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Um. So we cut to you know she heads downstairs to just to, at some point she wakes up and decides to look for him. She finds him downstairs, like we said, you know, naked staring at his suit and here's one of the things that kind of kind of bugs me um what what's making the suit stand up <laughs> and is it like okay like you know i understand if it has like some internal frame uh mannequin kind of situation going on that that is holding it up and it's it's it bugs me more in Batman v Superman because we see a very similar thing of you know Bruce Wayne is looking at his his bat suit and it's in its you know closet if you will and he's staring at it it's it's maybe before he's about to put it on and it's fully like standing there which means that Batman has to undress a mannequin yeah. <laughs> And then redress himself before he goes and fights crime in the, you know, when there's emergency, is he actually taking the time to do this? Or is there one that he keeps on display and he's putting on a different one that's, you know, ready to ready to put on? So I kind of have the same thoughts with he, with this, but I can go with this a little bit more in Watchmen if because he's retired, you know, I get it if it's if it's on display, kind of like it's a museum piece. But uh, I don't know, just the idea that it's standing up on a, on a this, you know, as if it's in, being inhabited um, on the regular, you know. Well, is it a suit or armor? Um, 
I mean, I I think I always tend to say suit, but yeah, because armor stands like yeah, okay, yeah. So that that that's what that's what I'm wondering if like maybe the t- maybe the the material that it's made out of allows it to stand on its own, but it's also super flexible because mm-hmm. materials like this exist in comic books and comic books alone. Um, except for, I mean, I guess Kevlar has gotten better over the years. So maybe you can also say that. Cause I know that no one tried to make the Batman suit as realistic as possible. Yeah. Except for that he couldn't move his freaking head, um, <laughs> uh, in, in the Batman movies. So I guess you could say that about this, that it's, you know, that it's a, that it's a super pliable armor and maybe that's why it's able to stand. Um, but I also fully agree with you there. Like it's got to be on some sort of standee or some sort of, um, you know, like backing to keep it as rigid as, as that. Like, I mean, you, it literally looks like somebody's standing in it right now and that's not the case, but I do appreciate the fact that the older night owl costume, the one that from the comic books we'd be more familiar with is standing directly next to that in a, in a case. Um, well, that's like his Arctic overlayer. Oh, is it really? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, so it's kind it, of, it, it's the same yeah. exact situation. It's just a suit standing there, you know? Okay. Yeah. Cause, cause, cause it did to me, that looks more, I mean, at least <laughs> maybe, it, maybe it just does look that way in general. It just looks a lot more like the night owl outfit yeah. that, that we'd be used to in the comics than the one that we get in the movie. Yeah. 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 You're right. It does look a little bit more like it. Um, the glass, you know, it does look like it's in a glass case, but that's just this, just the glass door that I guess slides, oh. you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so approaching, so with this whole, you know, if it's in a mannequin and having to undress the mannequin, then approaching it naked would actually make a lot of sense, though. <laughs> True. Because you wouldn't want to approach it with your own clothes on, because then if you just, if you have to, if you get, get it off, get the... You know, it off the uh, the mannequin, then then you have to just lay it down on the floor and get undressed anyway. <laughs> Undress the mannequin sounds like an unreleased David Bowie album. <laughs> <laughs> and it could be the title of the episode. Yep, writing that, that down. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Job done. And and for God's sakes, I mean, I'm just going to say this over and over again, Dan. Put it on at least underwear, okay? We, I am so tired of seeing your butt. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of wondered about that. Is he, you know, is it normal to put the suit on completely in the buff, or would he normally wear something under it? Zach, Zach Snyder does enjoy his man ass. Sure, like especially like going back on his on his film catalog like we do see a lot of behind like whether or not it be covered or not like he uh the in profile shot of a man standing from the back Hmm. is very much a recurring theme in 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 snyder movies at least at least from what my memory is telling me huh i i remember i mean well from in 300 there's definitely at least a couple of scenes like that you very often see Superman from the back first, and then mm. he does the, the the head shift um, to to start talking to you. Um, definitely see that in 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 Justice League, um, and I think that was one of the scenes that he actually shot in it. Um, and Batman v Superman as well. Like very much, you see a lot of him from the back first. 
So okay. that, he, he may see that as 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 the maybe the most super heroic pose rather rather than standing there with you know your your arms on your hips and sure. yeah. doing the whole you know standing forward thing superman pose exactly yeah yeah hmm. um I, when uh you know laurie approaches him asks him if everything's all right and he says that he's tired of being afraid and at that moment he's it's a little tighter on you know you can see kind of from the shoulders up of, of Dan, you know, from the, from the back. And then you can see the cowl and, and kind of the upper torso of the night owl suit. And then Lori's there in the frame and the lighting here on the suit is just really gorgeous. Um, the, you know, you can just see the, the, I guess not, not ears, but I guess the horns kind of, of this owl, cowl that's really hard to say um very prominent um the the like the brow the eyebrow ridge and the nose piece give me a very uh batman 89 vibe yeah and uh, i just love that the eyes are like 100 percent black voids and it's kind of looking at dan as he's got his head down a little bit as he's talking about being afraid so i i just visually, it's just gorgeous. I'm glad that he hasn't run afoul of the owl cow. <laughs> Alternate title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I dig it too. Uh, it's I mean, ev- even if we still can't quite explain how it's standing like that, it is very very well shaded. Yeah, and uh, it, it the the lighting is 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 very much on par here. Like you almost feel like he's talking as much as he's talking to Lori, you almost feel like he's talking to the suit sure. when he's saying that, that, yeah. that he's that he's afraid because um, we can definitely tell not only from the not only from the dream, but also from the movie itself that the suit gives him power, even if it's not an actual like powered suit, it makes him feel safe. Yeah, and confident and. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. You're talking about him talking, and his voice at this point sounds a ton like to me, uh, Ben Affleck. Oh, mm. really? Yeah, as Batman. Huh. Or Bruce Wayne. So I just thought it sounded like he's been crying. Uh, it sounded <laughs> very like um, kind of, you know, when you've been having a really good cry and you you get a little stuffy, like your nose has mm-hmm. been running a little bit. And so then after effects of that, or you're, you know, you're, you're just a little bit, uh, sinusy or whatever. And it just sounds like that is affecting him a little bit. So I wonder if he's just had a, you know, just come off of being a little, uh, little, just a little sad boy, you know, and now, and now combining what was just said by, by the two of you, Tra- Travis and Eric, <laughs> all I can think of right now is that, uh, is that look on Ben Affleck's face from the, from, <laughs> from, from the from, interview. Hello, from the darkness, interview. my old friend. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, but you're, you're right about though, about the, about the, the tone of his voice, because well, he just got jarred from essentially a nightmare. So he's, He's not. He's not in the best headspace right now. So you're gonna you're gonna sound at least a little bit emotional. 
or Ben Afflecky? Uh, I think the, the lines about being afraid of war and the mass killer and the and the suit, I think is is one of my favorite Dan moments in the movie. Because um, I, I love that he has to verbalize that he, that he understands there's something missing in in this life in his life. Um, he's finally admitting, you know, to himself, to the suit, to Lori that he doesn't want to be retired and that he he needs to be in the suit. He needs to have it. It's, you know, and that answers the questions of like, why didn't he dismantle all of this stuff? Why did he keep it all around? It's because, you know, he, he can't let it go. And, you know, so I, I think this is just one of my favorite Dan moments is just him talking about how much he, uh, the being afraid of it and how much he needs it. Yeah. There's, there's something about Patrick Wilson's face in this movie too. Um, I don't know if it was the, the, the weight that, he, you know, the, uh, the extra muscles that he gained or, or like the way that he fleshed himself out in this. I've never quite seen Patrick Wilson look like this in any other role that he's had because he usually has a very slender angular face yeah yeah I know what you mean yeah and and in this it's the complete opposite um which adds a little bit more to the to the to the nerdiness of Dan um while also at the same time also making him appear a little bit more vulnerable mm-hmm. um because because usually usually when I see Patrick Wilson on screen I'm thinking that he's a He's a very well put together character, and that's not Dan. Right. Yeah. I've always thought of him as being very schlubby. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. The combination of the hair plus plus the way he filled out his face for the for the role, I think, I think huh. works very, very well in his favor. Yeah. Um, so then when uh Laurie is, is saying to him, uh, so to hell with it, let's take Archie out, it you know, for for a moment he seems to be Shaking his head no, just, a, just very, very, very slightly. But then he just barely starts to turn hmm. at the very last second yeah. of this minute. It's like, hmm, what's going to happen next minute? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you, you know, you know, as as well. I mean, every I mean, everybody knows as well as uh, as anybody who's who's watched this film or or knows the character that, you know, he's he's nervous but at the same time, he's been wanting to do this for forever. And, uh-huh. and now he's just gotten validation from the person that he loves that mm. she feels the exact same way in this particular moment. So let's, you know, screw the rules, screw everything else. Let's go out and be and be cool tonight. Yeah. The thing that struck me that was odd just before she says, you know, to hell with it. Um, she says me too after his his lines about uh-huh what he's afraid of and everything. And she says me too. And she looks sad. She's kind of looking down and the, the me too feels very fake to me. Um, yeah, because like, what is she saying? Me too. In response to that, she needs her suit that she's afraid of war or the mask killer. Um, the only, the only one of those that I would buy is that she's afraid of nuclear war, given that, she had a genuine look of concern when she had, when she was telling Dan about John's theory of the impending war during their dinner. But it doesn't come across that way. It just sounds very, 
um placating or just very like i don't know like like it seems like it's the right thing to respond with saying me too or yeah i'm down as well but i don't you know don't really (laughs) believe that she is i don't know just the line doesn't it's just one of the few times that i feel it's a a underperformed line from from her because i i actually have you know it been enjoying malin ackerman's performance here as as Lori, but yeah this is just one line that just doesn't just falls a little flat to me do you do you think the line comes off more as i haven't been listening to you for the last three <laughs> minutes and i stopped talking like that could be like can't stop staring at that butt <laughs> but but you know i mean that happens sometimes like like you're you're listening to your to your significant other talk and like you zone out and you think like like I wonder if we should go get pizza. And then like you come back and you're just, you just have to be like, Oh yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah. And then you hope that they don't say, you know, what did I just say? Because <laughs> you literally have not been listening. And I, that may very well be what happened here is that she, she just really wants to go out and tuned him out. Once he started doing the whole, I'm afraid thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. just wants to keep it moving. Yeah, because once she starts saying, you know, the, when she immediately like perks perks way up when she says, you know, to hell with it. So, uh, yeah, it's a very uh, one eighty as far as uh, uh, her mood. But, yeah, <laughs> could be any of those things, but or it could just be bad line delivery, and they didn't do a third take. Could be, yeah, yeah. Any other notes? Yeah, I'm good. All right. I'm good. Cool. Um, so head over to uh, Twitter and Instagram, and you can find us at Watchmen Minute. And on Facebook, you can like our page at facebook.com slash Watchmen Minute. And uh, come into our group and discuss Dan's butt uh, <laughs> at the Crime Busters Listener Society. I know I will. <laughs> but. <laughs> Ian, where can they... Uh, yeah, where can they find you on the on the social medias? Well, you can find me at at Dan's butt. No, uh, if you can find <laughs> me uh, at I am sci-fi. That's with underscores. So I underscore A M underscore sci-fi on Twitter. Uh, that's also my Instagram. Uh, and uh, I actually just started up a uh, a side Instagram that I won't really post too much to, but it's called at Public Errors. Um, and uh, whenever I, I I'm walking through the streets of New York or elsewhere, and I find electronic signs with blue screens of death or something like that, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take photos of that and then post it to Instagram because <laughs> nice. I always find it hilarious. Uh, so you can find me yeah, either at, at I Am Sci-Fi or uh, at uh, Public Errors on there as well. Um, or you can just head over to the Comic Timing Facebook page at facebook.com slash comic timing if you want to interact with me there as well because uh, we regularly post to there. So it's my main ones. Oh, and Tumblr uh, at uh, uh, hehaw-ds9. It's a it's a long running joke. I, I had a uh, uh, back in the days of Live Journal, I had a hee ha TNG uh, username. So I'm like, hmm, I wonder what my Tumblr name is going to be. And like, yeah, why, why don't I just do hee ha DS9? So I guess I, if I'm on another blogging platform, I'll have to do hee ha Voyager after that. Hmm. <laughs> is there a lot of crossover from the uh, the hee ha uh, fan base and the Star Trek fan base? So it's a it's actually a reference to uh, the cartoon The Critic. Okay. Um, where uh, at one point they're watching TV 
and uh, they're, they turn the, the channel, and suddenly it's Hee and it's all of the Star Trek The Next Generation characters in Hee okay. and then interrupt Hee The Next Generation, for this <laughs> news bulletin. And and that that is always stuck in my head, and I and I wound up using that uh, that username. So why not go to the to the Hee DS Nine for for my for my Tumblr? Right on, I like it. <laughs> Thank you. All right, I think that'll do it for minute uh, one seventeen, and we will be back tomorrow for one eighteen. But until then, who watches the Watchmen? We, we do. We do. Watchmen are over. Over.